You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, welcome to episode 108 of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Thanks a lot for joining me here today. What a week we got going on. I've uh, been on the locally produced show Hudson and Rex, so I'm a little late and to be quite honest with you, I don't have a guest yet for tomorrow or Friday. So, you know, I like to put them out on Tuesday or Wednesday and then Thursday or Friday. So I might have my old man back, Terry Ryan Sr. And the reason I say that is because these weeks are unpredictable, right? I go in and I'm, I'm actually playing a boxer of sorts, a gym goer slash boxer on, uh, not, not like in the ring, a gym goer at... Uh, and Hudson and Rex. So the hours are long. We're in every scene. It's a lot of fun and everything. I just can't really plan a podcast. You know what I mean? Real life does get in the way. And for a while, I was clipping along there, doing what I wanted when I wanted, but uh, you got to work. And uh, so, yeah, that's it. It's been a great week of work, to be honest with you, seeing cast and crew, Johnny Reardon. 
and company, Diesel the dog, who's really the star of the show. Anyway, it's been a laugh. I hope, uh, and this is the first day of summer. I always say happy spring, happy playoffs, but I guess this is happy summer, isn't it? Uh, so right now in Newfoundland, it's 6 a.m. Get up and uh, get Penny Lane up in about an hour and we head into her school. But before I get ready for work, I figure I'd bang out a podcast. Why not give you a half hour or so of... Q&A or whatever comes to mind. So here's what I'm going to do. As I know, as you guys know, I get asked to do a lot of these podcasts and things, which I, I try to accommodate. And um, I, I can't, but I try to. So before all this started, uh, not that I'm the most popular guy. I'm saying I'm, I'm accessible, I guess, right? Like you, I don't know that you could just send, I don't know, fucking... Sidney Crosby a message. I'm sure everybody wants Sidney Crosby on their podcast, but it's probably hard to get a hold of them. But I, but you know, I have one and I, I have a podcast and I understand how it goes and I've, I know how it is with guests and everything. So I try to say yes. So now what I've done, I've said yes. Now I'm not kidding you. I just counted. So 51 people, which I can't do. Right? I can't do that. I've, I've agreed to it all. And people ask now and I say, look, I will try. I really will try to get around to it, but uh, it's hard because I do things like this. Like right now, when I go into work, it's going to be a 12 hour at least without, without really moving and phone is minimal. Um, well, I guess you move, but you're, you're, you're waiting on direction all day. Sometimes you're in one yesterday. I was, I was in a, on the side of a boxing ring, having a quote unquote chat miming with my mouth like what, what, what else do you fucking mime with but uh you know that might last for eight hours right and then uh now the whole time i'm what i'm doing is is coming up with ideas for cameos or podcasts or guests or whatever and i always got a notepad with me i make use of the time and i love it i love having oh, no phone fucking no sweat throw it away for four hours i have to be on it but i really I really don't love it. Um, so I don't mind a little phone break. But anyway, that's the day. So it's tough to plan anything. And it's really tough to show up on your guys' podcast. And I'm not trying to pull rank, but if Jeff Merrick from Hockey Central asked me and Jimmy McFarlane with six followers, you know, on Reed Street, I'm probably going to pick Hockey Central. And not to be a dick here, but I'm also representing myself and Shorzy and my podcast. And I need to, you know, if I'm going to do it, I may as well reach a big audience. So um, what, what I'm getting at is that I'm going to kill two birds with one stone on a few of these. So one group called Elite Level Hockey, you know, nice people. They reached out to Shorzy and they asked and Terry answer some questions about minor hockey. Now, my minor hockey team, the Mount Pearl Blades, um, if you can believe it, our peewee team was, uh, we, you know, we, we did really well. We won everything and without getting into the exact stats we we were one of the best teams to come out of mount pearl two years my both my peewee years we didn't really lose many games at all the one year we didn't lose any um other than going away and playing at the quebec peewee tournament and things but locally uh we won everything now i know it's peewee but mount pearl's a great spot it reminds me of kamloops 
with the uh, local level of interest and <laughs> sports community gatherings, things like that. So we have a Hall of Fame. We really do. Our, uh, and uh, every year there's a male athlete of the year, female athlete of the year. People get inducted to the Hall of Fame. It's the Mount Pearl Sports Alliance Banquet. Uh, and people get recognized and it's a lot, you know, it really does bring the community together. People laugh when I said my peewee team got inducted to the hall of fame. People are like peewee. Come on. Isn't that, I was 12 to 14 at the time. And, um, and uh, it was, and it is legit. I mean, not everything is reserved for pros and, and uh, adults, you know, um, not that adults aren't in the. I'm, I'm inducted myself into the Mount Pearl Hall of Fame as as an individual, as a athlete, and uh, now you know on the team honor roll, which is great. I fucking love it. Um, Mount Pearl is so awesome, like that for uh, for a community to get involved in. If you, if you move into Mount Pearl, um, which happens, Mount Pearl is a suburb of St. John's, but you see, especially in the last twenty years, when little fishing communities a lot of them are turning into ghost towns on the coast which is kind of sad there's no work anymore things change cultures are, are changing a little bit so i think worldwide most people are moving to urban centers right cities are getting bigger if, if i uh, if my last year university holds up, which was about seven years ago, um, eight years ago, actually. Yeah, uh, it, so it's no different here, right? People, those, those small towns that don't rely on fishing anymore, they need to do something. More and more people are moving into the big centers. So Mount Pearl is a nice little suburb of St. John's. We laugh. We say there's no elevator in Mount Pearl. I, I don't know that there is, but it's, it's probably... Probably 40, 45,000 maybe. And uh, my parents' house was one of the first. My, my grandfather, Bucky Norris, he built it in the 50s. Like one of the first 10 houses. Mount Pearl used to be a town that, uh, or a little area that you'd come maybe to, you know, there's rivers. It was on the outskirts. You'd come here to build a cabin kind of thing. My, my parents' house was originally a cabin. What I'm sitting in right now is just up the road. Uh, one of those old school houses built in the 60s, uh, very, very smart. It's a, ca it's a cabin, right? Uh, my backyard, though now in the city, is a place called Twin Falls. There's a Waterford River going down. It's very beautiful. But people like, like Mount Pearl. They don't want to go all the way into St. John's. So it's, it's very inviting for, for any new family. Or uh, if you were new to Newfoundland, I think Mount Pearl is a, is a perfect, especially, again, if you had a family or if there is a significant other, it's a beautiful place to uh, to grow and to grow a family. So anyway, I'm going to answer those questions about my minor hockey because it was so great. It was so interesting. And thanks again to the Mount Pearl Sport Alliance for doing what you did. Trevor Murphy and company and... Um, it was nice to see all my buddies again. You know, a lot of them I hadn't seen in a long, long time. And uh, it was a great evening. So, <clears throat> so here's what I mean. Now, so yeah, actually, I, I, I'll tell you this first. I, I know some of you like these messages I get. So this guy says, I'm not going to mention who were the actual podcast. 
Hey, TR, my co-host and I have been talking and we agree that you'd be a good fit for our show. We'll give you an opportunity to talk about Shorzy and whatever else you want. All you have to do is give us a plug on one of your social medias and let us know if you're good on Friday or Saturday. So while I appreciate that invite, so I looked into it. So these guys, again, probably great hockey fans. Awesome. But don't bullshit a bullshitter. I know why you want me on, and it's great, and I'll come on and help if I can. Now, you're going to have to take a, a number, though. And what I'm saying is we'll give you an opportunity. Oh, great. Right? So these guys got 21 followers. Okay? Now they're going to give me an opportunity. Thank you, guys. I'm busy. I've got a 1,000 things to do, but you're going to give me an opportunity to go on your show. All I have to do. Oh, oh okay. So there's a catch. I have to give you a plug on one of my social medias, preferably all. Okay, <laughs> throw me a bone here, guys. Uh, and let us know if you're available on Friday or Saturday, nonetheless. Not Monday or Tuesday, Friday or Saturday. Those are big days in my life. And you're going to give me, so each individual one of these guys has less than 100 followers, and the podcast itself got 21. Now, boys. I'd rather a message going, hey, TR, you know what? Can you help us out a bit? Come on, give us a bit of a boost. Give us 10 minutes, will you? Any day you can, bounce on for 10 minutes. Right then, then that's a lot. That's doable. I can do that on the way to work. When I say I get all these lined up, it's, it's agreeing to do like this, these hour-long podcasts, which I just don't have the time every day. I try to knock these off, man. I might get to one outside podcast a month. Unless Bell Media now and Shorzy want me to do it. That's different. That's contractual. And that's also um, sensible. But anyway, so so like that. But guys, come on. I'll, uh, I'll do what I can. But please don't give me, uh, you know, a, a list of almost like an ultimatum. But, uh, you know, I, I'll try to do what I can. I'll try to get there just like I'm going to get to this one right now. Now, here's here's a group, Elite Level Hockey. So what they did, they sent me 10 questions and like written, and I just go on my voice recorder and answer them. So normally, right? So that, that's great. So if you're out there and you want me to do your podcast, that that's also an easy way to do it. Send me a bunch of questions. I'll, here's 10 questions I'm about to answer. I will do it um, on my voice recorder and send it back. That's real easy. And I can do that. I can knock 10 of those out in a day. Right? So if, if you've, if you're listening to this, you've asked me to do a podcast and it's like, what the fuck, man? TR, I asked you eight months ago. Well, you're still like fucking 20th. You know what I mean? Like, it's just hard to get to these. But if you let me do it like remotely like that, just drive around and answer the questions. No sweat whatsoever. You got my voice. You got the answers. And uh, someday, hopefully, I can jump on. But it's not going to be anytime soon, guys. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. 
New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Anyway, here we go. Elite level hockey. What organization did you play minor hockey for? Well, I played for the Mount Pearl Blades, as mentioned, and we were just inducted into the Mount Pearl Sports Hall of Fame. Anyway, my peewee team. My jersey's retired here in Mount Pearl, if you can believe that. That's the level of sports involvement and fandom they have here in my hometown. My peewee jersey, number 20, is still hanging from the rafters at the glacier. It has been for over 20 years. Uh, Just awesome, uh, awesome city. did you always play at the highest level? No. No, I didn't. My dad coached junior team, junior B team. And uh, ooh, I guess when I was around nine or 10, you know, he would finish practice and there would be ice left. And back then, and again, the well, Pirelli right down to the Zamboni driver, good old Fonce Fallo. He would... Uh, he would let us on while he, you know, he was the maintenance guy for the rink. Whoever was the last one, usually my dad's practice with the junior team was last because they're older and it's, uh, you know, junior and senior amateur. Like <clears throat> there was always the last hours reserved for them. So we would, me and my buddies, Jeremy Charles, Gary Clark, Craig Hodge, on down the list, Sean Gibbons. We would wait and often go on at the end of that. And then also during the day, if there was an hour that wasn't rented, back then we would be allowed to go on and, and take it. Right. Like not all of us, not like, but like three or four of us out there. Yeah, sure. Guys go out and take some fucking shots. Fine. Put on your skates. As long as you got a helmet on all good. I need you out of here by five o'clock. This might be three o'clock. We'd be, Ooh, this is great. Right. We would go out and we would play. And then we would come off and play ball hockey for like 10 hours, wherever. Just all we would have to do is find a parking lot like you would. And we were set. And pretty much everybody owned a net and pads and everything. So it was a great, fun setup. But uh, anyway, all that was going on. And I wasn't playing at the highest level, no. My first couple of years of Adam, I was house league. And um, a lot of us on that team where we just hung out every fucking day. If we weren't playing hockey, we were playing baseball. If we weren't playing baseball, it was soccer or basketball. Which is why a lot of our teams, to be honest with you... um, I often tell the story, I go to a, I've been to a lot of national championships, man. It's because I grew up in Mount Pearl, right? Like our, our hockey team just got inducted. Well, that same year, our soccer team won the, not only won the provincial championship, we won the Atlantic championship and then went to the nationals. Met our match though. I remember going to Edmonton and like get pasted by BC, like eight to one. But we were the best team in Atlantic Canada and we didn't even care about soccer. I, I mean that. Like high level, like up to under, I had to quit in under 16 after under 16 because back then cross training wasn't really, I think it was a little bit frowned upon. You just like ball hockey. That was kind of a secret. If people knew that I played, I might've gotten in a bit of shit, but uh, 
just for injury wise and stuff insurance, you know, and, I, and now, now I think it's a little more Jonathan Huberdeau is playing ball hockey for God's sake. So, you know, I think now we've, we've turned the page a little bit and it's encouraging get hurt doing whatever, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling as I do. Did I always play high level. No, but when I was 11, it kicked in all of a sudden, all of our hard work, all of us, it was not only hockey, it was soccer and it was baseball. Then we fucking won it in baseball too. We won the provincials and then the Atlantics. Again, these are just things that we're playing because we like to have fun and play sports. Hey guys, you own a glove? No, want one? Two years later, fucking all-star. You know what I mean? Um, favorite youth hockey memory, no doubt, that was going to the Quebec International Pee Wee Tournament. Uh, and the team I mentioned there, that was one of our big things. We went up. What happens in the Quebec Pee Wee Tournament, we were an international B, okay? There's 150-something teams. Biggest minor hockey tournament in the world, but they're separated into divisions. When I told people that we won at the Quebec tournament, I think they thought I, I implied that we won the whole thing. No, but say there's an NHL division, right? So you got all the NHL teams are represented. So the Toronto Little Maple Leafs, the Philly Little Flyers, all that. But I'm serious. We we went through that like a knife through bed. We, we played, every, <clears throat> say we played five of those teams. We beat them. We beat Switzerland. We beat France. Now you get a picture when I'm in minor hockey. My last year minor hockey, I'm almost six foot, 175. Okay, I'm going around guys that are 4'11", 90 pounds, some of them. So, yeah, we were good. Yeah, I was good. But now you see where the eyes came from, right? I'm not even trying to be cocky when I say that, guys, but I was huge. I was a pretty good player, eventually really good player, huge. Hence, the scouts came knocking and I left the country to go to the other side. But, I mean... That was my coming out party, the Pee Wee tournament in Quebec. Um, I remember going like, you know, back here, it, it wasn't a big deal. People, people were kind of used to me and us. God, our team was so good. If I wasn't on it, we, we still, there was a good chance we were going to win. And uh, I remember the second year in the final, I had, I think, nine points. We won 16 to nothing. We won the, it was almost silly, almost silly. Some of us should have been playing Bantam, but I'm not kidding you. My last year, Pee Wee, again, before that big move, um, I, I don't remember what it was. It was like 200-something. We won. All I know is that we won the All-Newfoundland, the Provincial Championship, 16-0. to So, you know, those years, winning, of course, you remember that. But if we had gone to the Quebec Pee Wee tournament without winning a game, it would have been still the most fun of, that I had in minor hockey. You understand what I'm saying? Minor hockey really isn't about winning and losing. Some of it is, of course, you don't want to fucking lose. The competitive edge is born somewhere. But you really, really need to breathe and have fun if you're that age. If that's not happening, there's something wrong. You should never feel any stress to perform for you or your parents or anybody else at the ripe old age of fucking 12 and 13. So that's why I loved the Quebec Pee Wee tournament because we did well, but it wasn't the number one thing on our minds. It was go there, play in a prestigious tournament, everything that goes along with it, meet some great players. I remember meeting Jeff O'Neill my first year. He was the best player by a landslide. Of course, he ended up going, what, fourth or fifth overall? Fourth, I think. Um, and uh, that was an eye-opener. Then, you know, playing Russia and those teams, it's, it's just a blast for a kid. And then the Quebec Carnival is going on at the same time, which is massive, right? They got a, they got a little, uh, remember a 
mountainous area of, of kind of outdoor activity. They had a big, big mountain. You would, you would uh, go down in a, what do you call them? Like a inflatable dinghy. Anyway, it was called Leverest and it was, uh, it's still there, man. I went back a few years ago. It's just unbelievable. The Quebec Pee Wee tournament. If you can't even play in it or you, you age out, just go watch it because, uh, or tune in online, man. It's fucking wild. Favorite practice drill. My favorite practice drill in minor hockey still is three on three down low or three on three with the nets in one end, just three on three. I preferred like anybody. I mean, you, you, you get, you, someone says, you know, do we're here, here, we're going to do a 10 over and backs and then we're going to do the lines. Then we're going to take the pylons out and skate around them. And then we're going to do the horseshoe. It's great. These are drills though. It's often in one ear and out the other. you you, you, you do them so much that it's almost robotic, which, which you need, though. You need that to some degree. But what I'm saying is I liked when coaches would, like, even in the NHL, they did this. You know, if we, if we got bag skated in the NHL, in Montreal anyway, it was often three on three at the end of practice. Just go for like hours. Hours. If on Cormway, Steve Shutt, they would be in on it. They would be playing a little bit 20 years ago. They were still a little bit spry. Um, but so right from minor hockey, man, I loved it. Because what they would do is give us the three-on-three. Three. You're going hard and you're trying to beat your buddies. Put something on the line. Back in minor hockey, it might have been five bucks, Big Mac combo or some shit. Up in the NHL, I remember like battling with Darcy Tucker, um, whatever Black Aces, you know, Asham Higgins, whatever guys were up. And uh, we, you know, the, the coaches. I guess if if you were if you were way out of position, they would blow it down, and point something out. So it was almost like free will. And then here's what you did wrong. Rather than pass it here, go to this pylon. Then after this pylon, don't dump it in. You come back here. You know, like robotic. You don't have any freedom to make your own decision, other than when you're going in on the goalie at the end of the drill. Um. So I love that, but uh, I don't like to think about it. You know, you, you, you need all, you need some serious, of course, practice drills and format and all that. I just, uh, I enjoyed that three on three because I'm going hard, way harder than I ever would at the gym or anything. Got me in great shape. And uh, I thought maybe a better player playing against my peers. Friendly competition, I find always, always drove me the most. Um Notable players I played against in minor hockey. Uh, well, you know, most of my minor hockey span in Newfoundland. So Danny Cleary, we played, did play Danny. Danny's younger, though. He's a year younger. So, and he's from Harbor Grace. So they were the big team that I just mentioned that Pee Wee stuff. They were a juggernaut after us. Um, I don't, people are still laughing that maybe we. Because when I tell people from the mainland that, you know, we keep stats and everything in Pee Wee and like I, that's Newfoundland, right? I can roll into like Bay Roberts or say Harbor Grace where Danny Cleary's from and lots of locals. I could just go into the grocery store in the morning and, oh, boy, Ryan, you were on that Pee Wee team in 89-90 when Cleary came along in 91, but they knocked you off. I think they were a little bit better. Like people remember the legends of 
Well, Ian Moores was all right. Corey Crocker had your number, Ryan, but when you were younger. Uh, Danny Cleary, but I tell you, I take him as a minor hockey player. Though you were pretty good. Like the boys have their their, they know exactly. They remember. They remember fucking Pee Wee and Bantam teams by the year. It's wild. But that's Newfoundland minor hockey fandom, I guess you could say. I remember going to the Adam, uh, playing our Adam All Newfoundland, packed, packed. Couldn't get another person in the door. Smoke, right? Everybody's smoking the smoke up, <laughs> wafting up to the top of the building. Go, Blades, go, go, Cornerbrook, go. Just packed. I've seen less energy at pro playoffs, man. And that's Newfoundland. I love it. Um, a real, really, really looks up to its local heroes, you know? Um, favorite stick. Well, my favorite stick growing up was the Gretzky Titan, the red and white blue uh, wood Titan. The red and white wood Titan. Get the marbles out of your mouth here. Now, was it the best stick? No, it wasn't the best stick. It was very heavy. Uh, but Wayne Gretzky used it. <laughs> So that's why it was my favorite stick. I probably used it for four or five years, then realized that, uh, and like I said, my dad coached the junior team. And in the 90s, the, uh, the aluminums, I mean, they were already around, but they became really prevalent when Gretzky went to L.A. and had that big, shiny Easton. And I like that one, too. So I, I guess it was impossible not to be a Gretzky fan. You know, I look back and I, I say to people, my favorite player, who was it? Well, you know, Steve Eisenman or Marilyn Mueller. But sometimes I think I'm just being different. Like, if I look back, and I really do, I love Marilyn Mueller is my favorite player to watch. I, I stand by that. But it's funny because when I look back at my childhood memories, I had an awful lot of things that were Wayne Gretzky. Right? I had an awful lot of things, including, including the sticks. But those were my, my favorite sticks. The, the, the white and red Titan that Gretzky used. And then the uh, the unbelievable shiny Easton that he used going to L.A. And it was like night and day. If I noticed the difference, I can't imagine Wayne Gretzky uh, with the, <clears throat> the the weight of the stick. I mean, parents' role growing up. My mom was involved more than my dad. My dad, as most people listening to this know, played professional hockey. He played at the high level while the WHA and the NHL were rival leagues in the 70s. My dad, who grew up fairly poor, took a contract in the, in the uh, World Hockey Association with the Minnesota Fighting Saints. Now he went on to play in Lansing Lancers and Kalamazoo Wings. I think that was his most fun, playing in Kalamazoo. Um, Suncoast Suns. What else did Senior play? Muskegon. Anyway. You can look it up on HockeyDB. But Senior did that. So um, did he answer my questions if I had if I needed some help? Of course he did. But uh, he didn't overwhelm me. I think Dad felt that when he went to the rink, there was a bit of pressure on me. And I recall there, there kind of was. People would be going, oh, he's Terry Ryan's son. Or go ask your dad what we should do here. Or go, you know, it's going into overtime. Ask your dad. And he'd know. And Terry, why'd you make that move? Your dad would never do it. So dad just didn't go. He didn't even coach my teams. He coached minor hockey in Mount Pearl. Like the Bantam team, the Midget team, he coached five or six years in a row. Just never my team. And uh, that worked out just fine. But uh, did he have a role? Of course he did. And uh, 
the other thing, my grandfather, Bill Bucky Norris, he had a huge role as well. And uh, he was at everything. Pop was at the 6 a.m. practices, man. He was at everything. Lost his right arm in the war on the uh, HMS Bulldog. You check that out. Tough motherfucker. HMS Bulldog. They ended up, I forget the name of the machine, but it was it, it cracked the codes. It was some some machine that they, they were in the HMS Bulldog and they, captured it somehow the enigma machine that was it and uh the movie u571 is based on it yeah i'm not i'm not kidding you they make it seem american but it was uh canada had a huge part the hms bulldog was the big vessel that did the damage and my grandfather was on that and he he blew his arm off shooting a cannon so came home man and built for the most part, the house my parents are living in, he built it with one fucking hand. He started the Royal Canadian Legion in Mount Pearl. Like I said, when Mount Pearl had five or six houses, he started that. And, uh, you know, I grew up around those guys, those, those warriors that had been to war for us. And, uh, just, just a phenomenal guy. And, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't realize what they'd been through and looking back, man, tough guys with just, uh, Huge hearts it's makes giving me making me emotional now. I, anyway, they had a big part of it. My father, my grandfather, biggest part more more than more than my parents. He passed away when I was thirteen. I miss him still every single day. Uh, I don't believe in religion like a lot of people do. Um, again, I don't want to get into that, but let's say this way: I say a prayer to my pop every day whether that makes me feel good or I do believe in energy and I hope that uh, he picks up when I'm laying down. You never know, but it makes me feel better. There you go. So people who ask me, no, I'm not religious, but I do that. So um, I just find it's good, good for the uh, mental health. How much, and I don't care if, if, even if it was a one way street, I love talking with my pop and I always did. And it makes me feel good. Um, how much other hockey development did you get outside the team? Not much, man. Uh, hockey was over. I grabbed the baseball gloves, soccer cleats. Like I said, so did we all, uh, it wasn't until pro that I ever skated in July. And even then it was, uh, few and far between. I used to go, my dad had a hockey school with Paul Boudelier played for the New York Islanders, won a couple of cups in the early eighties. Well, they, they would have a hockey school, but you know, it would be in August. So I, that would be my. That was when I dusted off the skates, August at my dad's hockey school. I can honestly tell you that, oh God, well into pro before I skated in June or July and maybe even May. I mean it. Did I train? 100%. Ball hockey, soccer, baseball. Play ball hockey and try to cover your man there and uh, tell me that that's not training. Anyway, I knew how to skate. I wasn't going to forget in three months and I never did. And I made the NHL go figure. So, um, I try to tell kids, man, if you're worrying about your your uh, stick handling and your down and backs and your sprints and everything in June and you're, you know, a teenager playing minor hockey, give your head a shake. Uh, other sports, when I mentioned them, yeah, I played lots. One thing you could change about minor hockey, one thing that I would change, folks, about minor hockey is that the expectations of the parents – I've often said, often, often, often on here, on everywhere else, many other platforms, that 
parents let the kids do it and there's other levels of success. It's not just the NHL. If you leave home, let's say in Newfoundland, it's magnified in Newfoundland, you see, because to play junior A, you have to leave the island. So there's junior B here. There's not junior A. So from junior A, anything else you have to leave and it's a big step. It's not like going, well, you know, I live in Bentley and I'm going to go try out for Red Deer 20 minutes away. Or, oh, I live in Lloydminster and I'm going to go to Calgary. You know, uh, it's not, you know, for us, you got to sack up. You got to sack up and you got to leave. And it means leaving. It means packing. It means getting on a plane. It means hugging your your significant others or and, and your parents and your family and friends or whatever and saying, look, I'm going to be back at Christmas. And then again, at the end of the year, I won't see it. It's a little different for a kid moving away. Right now, you know, and the super prospects like myself, Danny Cleary, Alex Newhook, God, Colin Greening. I can go on and on. There's the exception like Teddy Purcell, but he wanted to leave. He just didn't get an opportunity. And he ended up going to Saskatchewan, actually, didn't he? Uh, Notre Dame. But yeah, so for us, it's different. So it's magnified. So I consider, I mean, any level, you junior B and you win it, it's fun. But if parents really want something out of it, and they go, you know, Johnny went, went, went to junior A and he played three years and he didn't make it. I say, well, yeah, he got three fucking years of going away and living with a billet and learning how to, I don't know, cook fucking breakfast on his own uh, and, and, and to live on his own and with other people and mature and understand what it's like to play for a community and represent that community and be handed that torch, that responsibility of playing for the community, whether it's Yarmouth or Miramichi or Fredericton or St. John's or Toronto, right? So that's a success in itself. Then you might go and make major junior and play against some of the best players that are ever going to play Hall of Fame. You play major junior, you're going to play against Hall of Famers one day. Right now, you might go from there and go CIS, get a scholarship, or, or better yet, NCAA, and get a scholarship, right, and, and, and get free schooling. And, and, and that happens even if you're in major junior, you get free schooling. Now, now you might get drafted. And if you don't get drafted, you might sign in the East Coast League. People say the fucking East Coast League. Yeah. I played in the Atlantic Coast League in Orlando, and I would have stayed there for fucking 15 years if I had no other option. And my ankle was like, like it is. All kinds of players like me that might have lost a step through injury or got out of school and don't have an NHL contract. But, hey, I want to sign somewhere here. There's a team in Germany, right? There's a team in Japan, Sweden, Finland. While you're at it, you might even improve. Draft and hockey is ultra young. You're 17, 18 years old. Maybe, but maybe like Ryan Clough, by the time you get 2021, 20, you've really developed in this. In a, you, you've you've passed your peers, but you're still really young. Now you might be playing in Finland. Boom! You hear about this guy or girl. Eventually, boom! NHL. Well, girls. What is was it called? The pro league that the girls play in, but that's becoming more prominent. Um. But you know what I mean? Success is in the eyes of the beholder. So I, to me, there's just so much to take from hockey. That if, if you base it all on, if you're a young player listening to this or you're a parent and you base it all on whether or not you make the NHL, you're looking at it well, really, really, you're not looking at it through clear, um, level-headed eyes. I saw it, man. I saw it. I saw lots of guys. I can tell you Brad Church. I don't know, Nolan Baumgartner, John Slaney from here, played NHL games, but like 
mesmerizing talent. Thought they would play longer. Ended up being in the minors for quite. People like oh god, I don't know. I on the team I mentioned Sean Gibbons, one of my best buddies growing up, a great hockey player. Sean didn't even play major junior, right? Like so, but we had a great time growing up. He, he still identifies as a hockey player. So, um, you know, we went on trips all over the world. It. All I'm saying is that hockey's a great game. Okay, to to finish this, and I got to go somewhere, I guess, with this. I'm going into Hudson and Rex actually in about a half hour. But um, if there's a point to any of this, thanks, elite level hockey. There you go. There's your interview. But uh, hockey's fun. If it's not fun, you're doing something wrong. So uh, embrace it. Anyway, I'm off. I'm off to work. I got to get Penny Lane uh, ready for school here now. Thanks for tuning in to episode 108. If you're downtown, check out Trinity Pub, Greensleeves, TJ's, The Bull and Barrel, and Rob Roy. I love going to those bars, and I love having a bite to eat at Merchant Tavern or Blue on Water. Wedgwood Cafe, check it out. End of uh, Elizabeth Avenue there, and for all your catering needs. Kodiak, T-H-E, CBD cream. If you need need to know more, it's phenomenal. Uh, My buddy Merle out in Kelowna. I'm a direct link if you need to... uh, to know any more about that it's unbelievable cream by the way i still use it uh they got lots of products but the stuff i like pushing is these uh these thc sticks or whatever they are cbd sticks um like those of you know what i'm talking about deep cold deep heat that sort of thing a535 well there you go this works better so for that uh for books uh, any anything that you're you, if you if you want me on a podcast or you want a book or anything Terry Ryan twenty twenty at gmail dot com, but reserve it for that. Any other messages, please. Social media, I might not get to them right away. There's a lot, but I love having that channel open. Terry Ryan twenty twenty at gmail dot com to sell some books. If you want me to public speak, if if you'd like anything from the business side, if you want to sponsor, yes, if you want to sponsor, um. You know, there's there's where you go. Terry Ryan 2020 at gmail.com. Uh, Penny Posh Designs, Women's Wear Reimagined. My ex-wife, Danielle, who now lives in Calgary. I hope you're doing well, Danielle. And uh, that's that's a great product, too. Folks, check that out. But for me, I'm out. I'm out to Bishop's Field to work on Hudson and Rex with my friends and coworkers. Thank you very much for listening. This has been 108A. I believe in two days we're going to have Terry Ryan Sr. because my life is topsy-turvy right now and I can't really book a guest. But uh, I've been wrong before and I might, I just might have Jason Strudwick. If not, it's going to have to wait till next week. In any case, thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you again in a few days. Yo! See you soon.